Well, you know, for some of us, our memories are not what they used to be, right? So let's get warmed up with a few memory jokes. I swear, if my memory was any worse, I could plan my own surprise party. <laughs> Story is told of a motivational speaker speaking for a crowd, and he shared this joke. He says, the best years of my life were spent in the arms of someone who was not my wife. Crowd paused, and then he said, of course, that woman was my mother. Well, about a week later, one of the persons who was being trained in that setting from that motivation speaker thought he would replay that joke. He was uh, having a little house party in his home, and so after a drink or two, maybe he was a little fuzzy, and he announces loudly, the best years of my life were spent in the arms of another woman. His wife looks at him, gets red-faced, growing angry, and then the silence got a little longer than you would like, and then finally he just says, and I can't remember who she was. <laughs> or here's one I use a lot lately. I have perfect recall, eventually. Can you relate to that? Yeah. So, memory's an issue. Have you ever had a conversation with a loved one, family member, or maybe you've worked in our pastoral care ministries and you sat with someone who's losing their memory, maybe Alzheimer's or a beginning form of dementia, and you find yourself somewhat embarrassed as they say something that they just said five minutes ago and they might even say it again, and you're not sure quite what to do. And you find yourself feeling great sadness for that person because you realize they've lost a lot of their enjoyment in life. That whole residue of past experience, that treasure that makes up who we are is, is eroding away for that person. All that past experience now is being replaced by blank pages. Even the ability to just watch a television program or a movie is lost because they can't follow the plot line far enough to be able to stay with it and enjoy that movie. Or I've experienced when I've talked to persons that they sense that they're forgetting. They just pick up on your cues and then they end up withdrawing and sometimes end up isolating themselves, not even wanting to be around people. Loss of memory is a very crucial thing. And what I want to suggest to us today is that sometimes we create our own environment of memory loss uh, even no matter what our age is, just because we get so hurried in life, we're moving so fast into our future, we're so busy with our present that we never stop, we never pause, we never consider that which has been valuable in our life. Even this Memorial Day weekend, how many people will, will go to a gravesite and see a loved one how many of us will pause and stop and consider the sacrifice that has been made on our behalf by others? Memory is a very important thing. And the scriptures tell us that we should remember, right? We find often that word remember is used about 160 times in the Bible, and often it is God saying to us that we should remember. Didn't God say to remember the Sabbath? to work for six days and then on the seventh to rest and dedicate that day to God? Didn't God also say that, that we are to 
remember those, he said to the Israelites, to remember those days when you passed out of Egypt through the waters into the safety of the desert wilderness. And so the Passover feast was used to commemorate and remember what God did, that great miracle for the Israelites. And God also said to the Israelites, to remember your commandments and teach them to your children. You are to wear them on your arm, on your forehead. You are to post them over your doorways and over the city gates. They are to remember. And even ourselves as Christians, we've got this wonderful sacrament of Holy Communion where we break the bread, representing the body of Christ, represent his life on earth. We drink of the cup to remind us of the sacrifice he made on the cross. And when we do those, we remember Jesus' words where he said, do this in remembrance of me. It's important for us to remember, and especially our scripture passage today. It's a lightning one. It's one you may not be that familiar with. You might even got it confused somewhat with the Passover story because, again, the waters came dry in a river this time, and the Israelites were able to pass over the Jordan River into that promised land. And what a pivotal event that would be for them to think about what they're leaving behind 40 years in that wilderness where they've watched funeral after funeral of those who have passed on, those who are not able to believe in God's goodness. Numbers chapter 32 tells us that no male over the age of 20 who had left out of Egypt lived to cross into the Jordan River. Even Moses himself died in a nameless valley in Moab. So God insisted to Joshua, to gather 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and they are to gather a stone out of that dry riverbed. And I would imagine, don't you think those stones are pretty good size? I mean, think about it. It's to make a memorial, one that would be big enough that others would notice. And I can also just imagine the way those tribes get in competition with one another. I can see that person chosen. My rock's bigger than your rock. And they place them together to form that memorial in the camp where they resided beside the Jordan River. Why did God insist that they do that? Why did he call them out to gather those stones? Because God knew that the life on this side of the Jordan River would be even more difficult than what they've experienced the past 40 years. This is the land they'll have to do battle. And they're going to have to trust completely in God's goodness for them to inhabit it and to blossom and to grow and to be blessed in it. And so he had to conquer them spiritually. He had for them to stop and realize that memorial is a statement to God's miraculous work with the Jordan River. And then there's one more little detail. You might not have paid attention to it, but that last verse, it says, not only did they build that memorial, they told them to go back into the riverbed of that Jordan River and build a second memorial to gather again 12 more stones. And why would you do that? I mean, most of the time, you won't even see it. You'll be covered up by the waters. But when would it be that you might see those stones? It would be times of drought be times when life might be harder in this promised land. It might be times they might be tempted to go back the way they came 
And that memorial would still be there. The scripture says it was there to that day in which the scripture was written. So it is important to remember. And I fear that sometimes we're losing our ability to remember in our world today. How many people will go to a gravesite this weekend? How many people even go to funerals anymore? They tend to pop into the calling hours and quickly leave. People are avoiding ceremony and ritual. People attend worship much less than they used to. We struggle with remembering. And I know it's a different time, different place, but we need to figure out new ways to remember or at least repurpose some of the old ways so that they can continue to have meaning for us today and now. If we don't, something will be lost. How vital that is because it's important for us to recall, remember the great times that God has worked in our life, to remember his works. It's important that we recall for our children what has happened. That, that's part of the meaning of this passage. You notice it says, this will be a symbol among you in the future. Your children may ask, what do these stones mean? And we are to tell them. We are to explain God's great works. It's what helps us remember what's most important in our lives. It's what teaches us that God continues to work. David Guzik shares a, a statement. He says, we often fail in our trust of God because we forget the great things he has done. And often the faith of our children is weak because they have never been told how great God is and how real his working is in our lives. We need to figure out how to build those new memorials. We need to figure out what stones belong in them and to be those keepers of tradition. You know, I am now an empty nester, still trying to deal with that reality of being a long-distance dad. And it gives me lots of time to reflect and think about what kind of father I was. And, and I'm probably a lot like you that I wish I had a few do-overs. You know, none of us do it perfectly. None of us do it completely. But one of the things my children have let me know that I've done well is I've kept alive a lot of the traditions that we started. And we've got your usual Thanksgiving and Christmas traditions. We get together. It's a little more challenging these days as they start getting connected to other families. And even this year it's going to be even harder as my daughter Kelsey is due on Christmas Day, which is going to be a challenge. But we've got a few others that have gotten established where they're willing amazingly to plan their lives around. One of those is Hoosier Hysteria, the, the marking of the beginning of the college basketball season. We all trek down to Bloomington. We usually get dinner together. We, we take our canned goods that we donate. That's what a mission is for that event. And we go in and we enjoy the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the, the scrimmage. But it's that, that tradition that's become important to them. It's what we do. We put on our Indiana shirts and go. We've got a state fair day now that's pretty consistent. We don't always get everybody, but we get most. And we pick a day and we go, and we got those things that we have to do every year. We go to the pork chop tent, right? And, and we always work in a shake at the dairy barn and usually catch one of those shows. And now with, the, with, with Cohen, we have to go see the animals too. And we go see the arts. It's like the thing to do, but it's not so much what we do as just this is our thing, and we got to do it. 
And we've even now, this is going to be the third year in a row, we've gotten the kids to block out time for a family vacation. Two previous years we used a timeshare. This year we're just going to do a staycation, <clears throat> come to Indianapolis, <clears throat> enjoy the things it has to offer. Those traditions are important. So I encourage you to stop and consider <clears throat> what are going to be the traditions that you help keep alive? What are the things you're going to do that help make sure that their faith events <clears throat> are recalled? And what will you do to help recall the great work of God's work in our faith history? Now, <clears throat> many of you <clears throat> were able to light a candle in memory of someone. And I hope that is one way that you'll recall the faith that they've helped ignite in you. We gathered as a staff uh, this past week, and so it seemed appropriate to let them each think about a person that's been special in their lives. When I put that on the agenda, I wasn't even quite sure exactly who I was going to name. I just knew, gosh, I've got a few people. I'm sure there's some that come to mind. So when we gathered to meet quickly, the right person came to my mind, and that was Don Walsh. Don was somebody who came to our congregation he was in his mid-40s, tall man, charismatic, just drew people. He's a natural leader, great speaker. He spoke on, for me on occasion when I was away. And I was so excited about the leadership he was going to bring to our congregation. But then just about nine months after he had come, I get a call. I go to the hospital, and he has experienced a seizure. They do a CAT scan to discover that he's got a tumor on his brain. It seems somewhat contained, so they operate, they take it out, and they're pretty hopeful that he's going to be fine. But then less than a year later, it came back. <clears throat> and they knew that it was inoperable at this point. And so the family began to move into that reality. He was placed in hospice, and they brought extra care in. He wanted to stay at home. He wanted to die at home. And this occurred over several months as it slowly ate away at his brain. He was such a person that the friends that he had gathered took turns. They had a calendar with a schedule for everyone to follow so that his wife could have some time to herself and continue to work. I had the privilege of visiting him two or three times a week. At first, it was really hard to watch someone in their 40s going to their death. But I found that Don was one of those persons that turned every journey into an adventure. And he embraced it. He, he had this excitement about knowing that he doesn't have forever to live. He, he wanted to make each day something special. And he'd noticed things that he'd never been paying attention before. It was so fun to go and hear these insights that he would share. And the closer he got to death and somewhat even being in and out of consciousness, it was almost like he had one foot in heaven and one foot still on earth. And he'd share these such interesting insights. And he'd raise questions. And I have to say that because of Don, I think my fear of death got reduced by at least 80%. I mean, he so faithfully faced that reality. And he'd speak as if, if the angels were talking to him. And I embraced those and became convinced there definitely is another life. And it's good. So I challenge you today, who is that person? Maybe you've lit a candle for someone. Maybe now you need to think of someone else. That's okay. 
but let that inspire your faith. May it help you recall that which is most crucial. And may it be the way that we help share that God is still alive and well on this earth to our children and also to our grandchildren. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful for the stones that are in our lives. May we find the ways to build those memorials so that we can keep alive the faith in ourselves and also pass it on to the next generation. Bless all today who have lost loved ones. May they recall with fond memory, but also with great hope, the life that you have for them. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord.